Welcome to The Luxury Code, where we decode the mindset, the marketing, and the business approach of successful luxury brokers. Every agent I talk to fantasizes about raising their average sales price. I mean, think about it. The allure of million-dollar transactions, of five- and six-figure commission checks, fancy cars, fancy houses, a fancy lifestyle. It just sounds so easy, doesn't it, guys? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so today, that's exactly all it is, right? Show up, look good, yeah. and you're ready to go. It's MTV Cribs. Yeah. It, I loved MTV Cribs. <laughs> Who you did? Yeah. yeah, you guys do that all day long now. Yes. So, hey, in this episode, we're going to unpack uh, insights, tactics, a lot of threes from three extraordinary, a husband and wife team and Stephen Cohen from New York City, about what they do to really make it happen. So, so why don't we start, Lauren, with some introductions. So give us context for um, who you are, right? You and John together, right? And then how long you been in the business, what kind of volume, production, transactions, GCI, all that stuff this year? It's a lot. Um, okay, I've been in the business for 18 years. John and I have been working together for seven years, which is actually when we started coaching. Yeah. Um, and year to date, I mean, you want- no Yeah, yeah, year. talk to us. Uh, this year we'll hit 750 closed. 750 million. Yeah, 750 million, three quarters of a- is that almost a billion, right? Three quarters yeah, of a yeah. billion. Three quarters of a billion. Quarters of a billion. Yes, no editing on this show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Three quarters of a billion dollars in sales. What did you guys do last year, just for context? Last year was about two thirty, I think. That's a pretty. Does, does that just piss you off, yeah, Stephen yeah. Cohen? Yes. Okay, just checking. Yeah. So, so eighteen years in the business, seven years in this partnership. This year, seven hundred fifty million dollars in volume. How many transactions does that represent? About two seventy-five. That's a lot of business in the high end. It's an insane number in the high end. Like the idea right. of, you know, we go to your events all the time. We hear people throwing out these numbers. Right. How many units you sell? 480. I sold, you know, 200 right. and whatever. We never thought about doing that many sales. It's just, right. it's very foreign in the high end market. I know it yeah. is. Well, not anymore, clearly. Not yeah. anymore. What's So what's GCI in 750? Uh, just shy of 12 million. So $12 million in gross commission income, $750 million in sales, 275 transactions. And now obviously the people that are listening are being like, okay, wait a minute. Like clearly this is just a husband and wife team. They have no children. They, they all they do is work 24 hours a day and they have no team, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, or no, yes, no, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that was very precise. Uh, John, break down the team for people to have context. And Stephen, I'm coming to you next. So get ready. Sure. So the team is comprised of about 55 agents mm -hmm. and roughly about 15 to 20 staff, 15 full time. And then I would say five virtual assistants, right? So about 20, you know, 75 people in total between agents and staff. So, you're, put, a, so you're a brokerage. We're a team. We're a brokerage within a brokerage. And to put that yeah. in perspective, 18 months ago, right at the start of COVID, mm -hmm. we were a team of staff, agents and staff, seven people. So we've gone from seven people to 70 people in a span of 18 months. So not only are we going to talk about what it takes to be successful in luxury, we're also going to talk about what does it mean to scale in a luxury marketplace. So, so you guys are at the agency in Beverly Hills and the agency is expanding and doing a fantastic job. So we're going to get into all that and more, but let's go to Mr. Steve Cohen, who I think we were trying to figure out earlier, is this like your third or 300th time think, on the podcast? Something like that. You're yeah. like, the, you're like my, most, my most popular guest. <laughs> so, so Stephen, how long in the business? Okay. Do I, Stephen, Stephen Cohen, New York City, Douglas Salomon, Beverly Hills, but really all of the West Side. Yeah. Right, and now also in San Francisco. Correct. All right, so so two markets, which we'll, un we'll unpack as well. Stephen, give him a little background, like who are you, how long in the business, and okay. what's your business look like today? Uh, so just shy of three hundred million. 
Uh, like how shy is just shy? Um, <laughs> it depends if this Be gets signed today. Oh, um, so, yeah. Um, I had a client I just said to you literally, you know, our Maxine Gallons. She was at two hundred ninety-six million dollars, and I'm like, you should just buy a four million dollar house. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you should buy. One. She was like putting it right back on me, and I'm like, that's just you know, three hundred. Right? It's such. It's such a huge number. Right. So that's my closed and pending. It's not all closed yet. Um, that's 7.5 million GCI, and our team. Our team were small. We're uh, it's myself, two other brokers or mm -hmm. agents, mm -hmm. and then I've just brought on in the last four months three new agents. Yes. So there's now six in sales, and uh, we have three in support. All right. Um, but and John and Lauren, we've known each other for. Seven, eight years. We were yeah. doing right. that the other right. time. Yeah. 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 We met at your Summit. seminars. Yeah. Um, and just these guys, it's amazing how they're right. scaling. And I go kicking and screaming because years ago, Tom said, you have to have a team. And I was like, nah, I don't think that's for me. Yeah. It's, it's the way to go, though. Well, you look at three hundred million dollars yeah. in sales and how many transactions involved. I mean, just yeah. it. You know, we're going to get into today for the people that are listening, like taking care of clients and what does that take, and like, yeah. what are the expectations of luxury buyers and sellers? Everyone listening is either in the market or they want to be in the market. So let's right. let's jump into a bunch of details. And that's seventy-one transactions. Yeah, seventy-one, 71 transactions. So that's a lot. also a big number. A big that's number. a huge. I mean, listen, yeah. I know agents that like, hey, we did a hundred million dollars in volume last year. I'm like, how many transactions? Eighteen. Right. 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 And you're like, first yeah. of all, you say, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, you think totally. to yourself, could you imagine if they just pushed a little, not that they have to, not everybody does. Sure. Right. But clearly the three of you are trying to push the envelope here. So, so I wrote down a bunch of these three questions, right? Like three of this and three of that and three of this. Let's, let's play along. Ready? What are the three things in your opinion, does it take to truly be successful in the high end? Whoever wants to go, it's just a conversation. I would, I'll, I'll throw in a couple. I yeah. would say um, an insane amount of market knowledge. Yeah. In, in the high end, at least in our market, a lot of stuff trades off market. Yep. You're either in the know or you're not. Right. right? You have to know about those properties and those yep. opportunities. And that's just, you have to immerse yourself into market knowledge. But how do I do that, John? Um, part of that is, I think you have to also be a brilliant networker. Mm -hmm. Right. Because most of these people, you know, they don't want to necessarily be marketed to or sold to. They want a warm connection that's going to be through someone else in their sphere. Yeah. So you have to be able to network within that sphere. And once you're in it, you just have to ask, you know, ask probing questions, whether it be of them or of your colleagues or, you know, just really kind of scour the market to understand what's under construction, what's coming up, who bought what. They want to know that you have. Yeah. I always say every moment is an interview. Right. You just get like and you whether you know it or not, you could literally be in an elevator. That's why they call it the elevator pitch. Right. right. And you're talking right. to somebody. And if you in one answer or in a span of 30 to 60 seconds are able to just spew out some market knowledge effortlessly. Yeah, that's it. You, you clearly demonstrated that you came to play, that you know what you're doing. Right. So how important then just to unpack that and just everybody jump yeah. in here. How important is then agent to agent relationships? Because, you know, some people will say, oh, the New York City marketplace is just cutthroat. L.A. marketplace is just cutthroat. St. Louis is cutthroat. I mean, like, whatever. Like, everyone's going to say that about their market. And yet, my experience is the best, whether they're competing or not, have all figured out, like, hey, we're all a little better if we communicate with one another. So how do you make that work? Uh, I'll jump in. That was going to be one of the ones on my list, as well as knowing the market. That's first and foremost, for sure. But part of knowing the market is 
those relationships with agents. You yes. have to befriend all of these agents because it's a very small and tight-knit community. Even in a large city like LA or New York, it's a very small group. And if you don't make friends with those people, you don't learn what they have coming up, you don't just get as much information as you can from them, there's no shot at knowing right. the market. Right. And I'd add to that, it's not just knowing them, mm -hmm. but, and I, I'm very proud of our reputation that we have. Um, that brokers were broker brokers, brokers yeah. like us time and time again, I have heard people say, I'd much rather do this deal with you than that other broker. Right, yeah. And I'll give an example of- Please don't say the other brokers. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm trying to schedule something for Monday and yeah. it's a client who whose name we're not releasing right now. Yeah. And I'm showing- That's by the way, things. another skill of the high end. Yeah. Yes. yes, discretion is everything. 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 Yes. Um, and. Uh, six appointments, mm -hmm. five have been so gracious because they know me and I have, and we're not bringing the client, we're bringing their advisor, their, their yeah. person that runs their family office. And I said, just trust me, this will be a household name. If they like it, we'll tell you the name and they'll come back. Right. Everyone's been so gracious. There's a very, an old school broker mm -hmm. who was nasty when I started in this business 21 years ago. She's not nearly who she was back then yeah and she's equally i almost said to yeah. her god you haven't changed a bit <laughs> and you know said not with love oh, yeah. she was and, so and speaking yeah. to the value of having relationships yeah. between right. brokers right the high-end client is referring to we referred to him that's right. oh this is yes. okay got yes it. Got but it. that's the value of having somebody even three thousand right. miles away that i can say with full trust and confidence i have a partner in new york yeah. i'm going to make a connection to you yeah. connection for you you're in great hands. Yeah, and, and knowing it, go ahead. I was right. gonna say, it's almost as important on the agent and broker side of things for them to look at you as an equal as it is for clients to look at you as an equal. They they need to feel confidence in who you are as an agent, both integrity, reputation, speaking to Stephen's point, and that's where deals get done. Like mm -hmm. calls get made to us about off-market opportunities because of the integrity we have and the reputation we have. And it also, even you're in a multiple offer situation, guess who's getting the deal? The person that has a relationship with that agent and knows that we'll get it done. So right. anyway, it, that door swings both ways. So we talk about the three most important things. There's, there's, there's always, never just three there's there's like 50 right but one clearly is market knowledge one is it sounds like resources like like resources of knowing the best people to contact in that area and like you guys always talk about like hey we we you know we take on the client we don't just have one arrow in the quiver like we're going to do whatever do you need the builder do you need this do you need that like how how does an agent get to that point they're coming into the marketplace and how do they get to know who the best developers are, who the best builders, who the most reliable people are, right? Like, how do you, how do you like, cause that's, that's like the fabric of real estate that somebody comes in and says, well, I can sit in an open house and maybe meet a buyer and, and maybe be compelling. But then what? Exactly. Right. I think the short answer is it, it doesn't happen overnight. Right. There isn't a magic pill. You have to work your way up towards that. Um, I think one way to work your way up towards that is modeling and emulating after other people who have already blazed that path, right? Mm -hmm. Just find someone whose business you want yours to, you know, you aspire yours to look like. Mm -hmm. Shadow that person, ask them if they'll be your mentor. You know, I'm a big proponent of standing on the shoulders of giants. We have some big giants at our company that 1, you know, we've always had that opportunity to do. Yep. Um, and then, you know, build your own sort of uh, pyramid of resources, if you will, with intention, mm -hmm. knowing what you want it to look like, but knowing that you're just not going to have that on day one. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's go a different direction. You got any thoughts on that? 
I was just going to add that I would even go a step further for newer uh, agents, even considering going and working for one of these people and right. sitting inspections where you can get to know who the inspectors are, develop those relationships. So you can, I mean, that's to me the way you fast track building that book of resources is is working very closely along the side of a, a big agent. Uh, especially nowadays, right. where when I started, right. teams were not the thing. No. But now, my God, opportunity to jump on a team, there are that many, and there are good teams. They, good, there are opportunities good teams, big for a brands. young, yep. smart, new agent can join. Yeah. Um, I'd say also, I always talk about this on podcasts, vision and visualizing. He always talks um, about this. Yeah. <laughs> on every podcast on every I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all caught that. <laughs> This is his first podcast, in case you're like, no. we're friends. I'm also not this tall, but okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Welcome to the world um, of Apple Boxes. So, um, no, I, when I first interviewed, my first interview at my prior firm where I was for 20 years um, at Corcoran, when my first, I said, I want to be broker to the rich and famous. Now, that didn't happen right away. And we do deals as you guys do. We, you know, I do a $500,000 deal and thank right. God we do 20, 30, $40 million deals. But the point was I had this vision yes. and I knew what I wanted. And then like anything in life, you have a vision in everything and anything, anything I've ever gotten in my life, it's because I could see it and visualize it. Right. He brings up another good point though, which is one of our sort of core philosophies is we're not in the business of turning down business. Because you never yeah. know when a $5,000 $5, a month <clears throat> lease is going to lead to a $5 million listing. Right. So even though that's your intention, I totally agree. You have to have a clear vision so you can manifest it. T take everything. Oh, my God. Because you yes. just don't know where it's going to lead you to. And right. then you can start, you know, the building blocks will develop from there. The In worst this, thing yeah. that I'm sure you guys get this. Oh, we just bought this $2 million apartment. I didn't think you dealt in two months. <laughs> Don't deal in $2 million properties. What are you talking <laughs> right. about? Right. Like, it's, like, it's like the bread and butter yeah, of the city. Like, so please. Big. No, right. I'm not that big. But the, so the objection handling that I use when it comes to like being in a listing appointment and they go, you know, I looked up your company. I right. see you guys sell these $100 million homes. You look like you're kind of too big for us. And I go, it's true. We do. We're privileged to be able to represent some of the biggest, most expensive homes in the city. Those are our big blockbusters. Those goes up. Those go up on the marquee, That's right? right? That's our transformers that has the $200 million budget. Mm -hmm. But while people are in the seats getting ready to watch that big blockbuster, we pump them with a lot of trailers, right? Because oh, yeah. we have the audience. That's great. So what, we're, they're already on our website. People right. are looking at us. We're already right. getting the eyeballs. And then we get to show them this. And then we get to show them that. Right. And mm -hmm. that kind of helps. That's good. I, my house is a trailer? But I love that. the yeah, yeah, but I like the metaphor. You get the analogy. You get the so, metaphor, whatever. Okay, so that actually, that's interesting. I, I was going to go skills, but I'm going to go marketing first because I think, you know, when you're entering into any market, when you're entering in any business, how are you going to differentiate yourself? How are you going to become the one? How are you going to get people to at least pay attention to you? So, so just let's, let's round Robin, like marketing that works, marketing that doesn't work. And maybe the bigger one is, and how do you stay relevant? Consistency, absolute consistency. With what? Uh, our social media, mm -hmm. putting things out. We, you know, we're posting every day, mm -hmm. we do a newsletter once a month and it's consistent. Okay. And that New took time. Newsletter, mailed, emailed. Now we email. I okay. Mean, years ago, we mailed it. No, it's right. all emailed. And that, our whole list gets it. Mm -hmm. um, How many people on the list? 51,000. So, you have 51,000 emails? I knew that was going to come. You're like, um, we should do a joint email <laughs> yeah. marketing campaign together. Um, so 51,000 yeah. emails. Yeah. But that is, that's probably 
brokers, it's relationships of all over the met. world. It's my grandmother's right. best yes. friend. Okay, got it. No longer living, but she's right, right. with an AOL <laughs> who never, account. Who never had an email, but she's yes. getting our emails. So fifty-one thousand, yeah. and so that's going out once a month, once and then you're month. doing social every day. Yes. What else? Very like that's consistent it. With that, we do mailers. Although, but we're just we're just getting back into mailers. Okay. Where we're farming in New York is right. certain buildings where we've done a lot of business. We're sending postcards to those and we're doing that twice a month. But again, we're just getting back mm -hmm. to that. The mm -hmm. bulk of- Why? Um, so the bulk of my business, of my team's business is uh, our personal sphere, yep. repeat customers and referrals. Yes. And I always say I become friends with my clients and my clients become friends. Um, the We want another sphere and it's just, I think it's important to have to keep us out there. It's another yeah. way for us to be out there and yeah. for people to know the Steve Cohen team. Right. And even in the 15 buildings, we were talking about this last night, the 15 yes. buildings are all buildings that he's done a ton of transactions in. So you have brand name recognition, but I guarantee there's at least 15 agents that live in those 15 buildings. 1, so if you're not doing yes. something, you yeah. know, Martha gets a listing because she was at the mailbox that right. day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so direct mail, what about like, do you make phone calls? Yeah. Yeah. That, Seven calls I, that's, a day. That's marketing. Uh, yeah, so we it's actually called the TF Challenge. Oh, because yeah. Because we all have to track it because yep. you challenged yep. us. It's seven calls a day for all the salespeople. Yep. And calls, text. Yeah. It's just touching Communication. Base. Yep. It's, um, it's making sure we're in touch. Birthdays, because I have everyone's birthdays. Right. So it's just a, a touch point. Right. Um, the... Other thing I was going to say went out of my head. We're gonna come back to um, I'm gonna come back to video because yeah. I know you're doing video too. But yes, what doesn't work? What works? Sure. And then I'm, we'll, we'll have a whole separate conversation around relevancy. So first off, I would say as it comes to as, for marketing, uh, originality isn't as important as authenticity. Yeah. Right. You don't have speak to, to that. Well, just that I don't know that I've ever had an original thought in my head, but <laughs> I'm authentic. Right. Yeah. My brand is myself. I'm yeah. there's only one me. And right. I try to I don't want to say sell that, but I present that. Right. Yes. It doesn't have to necessarily be original. You don't have to reinvent the right. wheel. You just have to be a really true, authentic version of yourself. And, you know, there are going to be people that know, like you and trust you. And there's people that maybe you're not there. You're not the right fit. And there's an ask for every seat. Right. You just kind of have to Seven accept and a half that. billion people on the planet don't need them all. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, you know, look, you can do mailers. And I think it's, it's important. Mm -hmm. I think it's one component of it. But in the ultra lux space, mm -hmm. these people don't check their mail, mm -hmm. right? They don't receive their mail. They mm -hmm. have an assistant that sort of skims through it and mm -hmm. postcards and flyers are gonna be thrown out. So I don't think that's how you reach them. I think you reach them again. It goes back to networking, right? Mm -hmm. You really like, I go to as many events as possible. I'll go to the opening of an envelope. Like I'll go to anything to just like, <laughs> you know, just- like, That was a good line. I had to think, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Like, I'll go to the opening of an envelope. I mean, any, opening, any yes. opening event, any, you know, right fundraiser, anything where I have an opportunity to sort of mix and mingle right. because look, the, the one thing it's I was- CNBC, seen, right? I mean, it's CNBC and I always try to explain to, to newer agents like, talking about luxury real estate, it's a layup. People want to talk about right. it, right? You're not there to talk to them about like their taxes or a root canal. Like no. they want to talk about it. They're interested yes. in it. So but you're not walking up like, hey, I'm John Grauman from the agency. Here's my card. No. Like, No, what I'll do is I'll ask about them. I'll get them mm -hmm. talking about them for multiple reasons. One, everyone likes to talk about themselves. Yep. Two, they're going to give me a roadmap for what to say next, Bingo. right? They're going to tell me <laughs> where, where I need to steer that conversation. And then three, people naturally, if they have any sort of common courtesy will reciprocate 
always. And what do you do? Oh, so mm-hmm. glad you asked. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. Right? And then. How do you describe it? How do I describe what? John, what do you do for a living? Ah, shit. Uh, <laughs> 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 I around <laughs> Well, I kind of, maybe. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I kind of go back and forth. Sometimes I'll just yeah. say, I do real estate. Yeah. Um, I never say I'm a real estate agent. Sometimes yeah. I'll say I sell luxury real estate. Yeah. But also that kind of sometimes feels a little cheesy. Yeah, yeah, I sell yeah. luxury, you know. Right, yeah. Um, I do real estate, I work in real estate, and usually that kind of prompts the next question, and then yeah. that allows me to kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Isn't it weird, like, it doesn't really even matter the price point. Like, I hear the same, uh, from people selling $200,000 houses and people selling like $200 million houses. It doesn't seem to, like, there's just this weird sort of stigma when people are like, because there's such a weird stigma with agents. Yes. If you look at, yes. if you look at the broke agent, you look at television, you look at a lot of mass media, you look at all these surveys of like, real estate agents and where they rank in terms of professionalism. I mean, we run with a very different flock of agents, right? Yes. Like our peer group is pretty significant, yet we know that there's some people that feel that. So like, why do you feel that way? I feel that way because, and, and I'm projecting a little bit here, so there's some unfairness sure. in that, that I don't know what they're thinking, but I right. would imagine that some of them, when you say, you know, I'm a real estate agent, they go, ugh. Right. Or like, who fucking isn't? Right. right. Like, exactly. Like, LA, yeah. right? Or they're, exactly. You know, or they're exactly. talking to me because they have an ulterior motive to. Right. Right. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, this you're going go to go into. Yeah. yeah. And that, but that's, see, I think that is not a luxury distinction, but even more important in luxury, that that is the distinction that nobody wants to talk to Sarah at the party when she starts handing out business cards no. or saying, you know, oh my God, I got this great deal. Like, no one asked. But I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we see agents just make in general. Right. But again, rather than coming right out and mm-hmm. saying it, if yeah. you can ask probing questions, get yep. them talking, you can steer it towards real right. estate. Again, like I said, talking about high-end real estate, it's a layup. It's right. easy. People right. want to talk about it. Yeah. But definitely not passing out business cards or like, yeah. hey, I heard about this deal. Like, Again, you're wanting to position yourself as an equal with them. And the moment you start talking anything about sales, especially you're in a- You're a service provider now. Correct. Yeah. So, and we're, we're advisors and that's mm-hmm. high-end people want advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go, what I used to struggle with that too. I yeah. used to say I'm in real estate. And then it took like four, like, it, it's like people that go to Harvard and they say they went to school in Boston. We all know what that means. Yeah. That's what I always go. I, didn't. I always go like this. I go, MIT. No, I went to Harvard. I always say, I knew you weren't that smart. I say, isn't that a community college? Is that a two-year? Anyway, not to knock anyone on Harvard. I love no friends that went to Harvard. By the way, by the way, comedy is a good thing. Right, it breaks yeah. the ice. Oh, yeah. Right, and then yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. You know. It, it takes them off. Human. Like, wait, you don't know for, for sure. You don't know Harvard. <laughs> but yes. the point I used to say that, and it just reminded me. God, I used to struggle with that. Now I just say I'm in real estate, um, and I have a team at Element, and yeah. immediately they usually know. And that's um, actually nice. It's just I'm, you know, I'm at the agency. I sell I'm real, in real estate. I'm at yeah. the agency. Yeah. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, right. Because yeah. like it's just subtle, right? Yeah. And just to go back to mm-hmm. the the marketing piece when on our social media and Serene who runs our marketing and our social, she she'll, she comes up with posts and I'm mm-hmm. always thinking, um, it, it changes who is in my mind, mm-hmm. but it's kind of my, a client who I have or a client who's referred a lot of business and they're a certain echelon and we're close and I like them and I feel they have really fine taste. What will they think? What will they think when I'm putting out a, yes. um, 
we had a photo shoot six months ago and I bagged the whole thing uh, because it was just, we did not accomplish what I want. And we had an ad we run in Hamptons Magazine mm -hmm. during the summer mm -hmm. three times. I just scrapped it. I said, I'd rather have no ad in Labor Day than have that picture of me with sunglasses. That, Sending the wrong message. Oh, God, yes, was, right. Yeah, It was and fun in the moment so when you shot it. it and then you're like, but you think this so. Not so execute the way so relevancy, okay, relevancy, but first, I think we need to unpack how you guys went from seven to like seven million people on your team because you your business has been really bifurcated really between John and Adam and what they're doing versus the other side of the business. Can you unpack that for us? Because that's a whole marketing thing we didn't discuss. Sure. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll add on marketing just super mm -hmm. fast before we move on in terms of do's and don'ts, at least what I see a lot in our marketplace is you know, newer agents that are really only positioning themselves and aligning themselves with these high-end lux properties. Yeah. And it seems, it feels inauthentic. Mm -hmm. Like you, first of all, you need to know your audience and most of the high-end audience is sophisticated and is not in your face and flashy. Um, but in addition to that, you wanna be approachable to everyone and come across like a real human being. So yes. I think, you know, going back to what we were talking about in terms of how to be successful in the lux market, you know, knowing the marketplace, um, your message and proximity, all those things need to then be portrayed in your marketing. So that needs to be top of mind in terms of how are you educating? How are you aligning yourself with, you know, being a luxury agent, but one that is is uh, coming from a place of knowledge and expertise versus like going through the houses with the Ferraris and Lamborghinis in right. the background. Right. Right. Um, but really we're talking about almost like branding and positioning. Yes. So, so how have you worked to sort of craft, especially with bringing on, you know, Adam now as a partner, like how have you crafted this trio slash team from a branding perspective that is both authentic, attractive, relevant, right? Oh, okay. They're not too big. There's a lot of people there. Am I going to get the kind of customer service I want? Like all the questions that go through a consumer's mind when we're thinking through how we want to portray ourselves in the marketplace. What are your thoughts there? First, I'll say it's a work in progress. Um, always. Always, mm -hmm. yes. Um, yes, yeah, so unpackaging. So yes, John and Adam are kind of separate as a partnership now, and the team sits everywhere is the other side of it. Um, there's been a tremendous amount of infrastructure and support that we've built out. And for us, at least, what what my obsession is and what our support staff's obsession is, is on client experience first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to lose when you're going into hundreds of transactions. Yeah, scaling. People getting lost in kind of the shuffle or feeling like they're being passed from one person to the other person. So there's a tremendous attention to detail through literally each and every step of the transaction process, the listing coordination process, all of it. And mm -hmm. that's constant. Like I just got done auditing those processes last week right. and we'll do it each quarter. Um, but I think it's bringing in the key players. We haven't made all of the right decisions along the way in this 18 months with so much scaling. And at a certain point, you just accept the fact that you're not going to bat a thousand. Right. Yeah. When you have that many agents, yeah. not each one's going to work out. When you have that much, many staff members, not each one's going to work out, even with the best of intentions and a rigorous you know, hiring process. But as you always say, slow to hire, quick to fire. Yeah. Right. You have to be decisive. Um, but it is, I'll jump in just real quick, it is, you know, as you said, bifurcated. You know, Adam and I kind of have our own business. Adam and I, of the $750 million we're going to do this year, Adam and I did about 350 of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So we make up roughly about um, half. On like 50 or 60 transactions. 
yes. Again, his businesses and mine are different. Adam right. is like just a big league. He, he's, he's their cleanup batter, right? Yeah. He's just really swinging and batting, for the batting like, fourth with yeah. an average sales price of $11 million. That's <laughs> right. It's about right. Yeah. I mean, you know, his biggest deal this year, he double ended a $36 million sale. I double ended yeah. a $26 million sale. But we also do everything in between, yes. which is part of our messaging, both internally and what we project externally, is that luxury isn't a price. Excuse me. Luxury isn't a price point. It's an experience. 100%. Tell me you trademarked that. Uh, no, because I stole it. Tim so. <laughs> <laughs> Smith's right now going, yeah, who you work with matters. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's, it's a great it's a great line. And, it is a great line. And say, that, it, say it again. Luxury isn't a price point. It's an experience. Yeah. And that just, you know, the messaging behind that is that we focus on the client, not on the size of the deal, yeah. right? We're here to service each client the same way with the same level of care and attention and priority, regardless of whether it's a $500,000 condo or a $20 million house. Love it. Yeah. What do you think about that, Steven? I love are you, that. Are you stealing that? Uh, I already did. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens when all the best get together and become friends. Okay, so relevancy. What does it mean to you when I say relevancy? Staying relevant? Yeah. Um. I want to, so, you know, when I first started out and I thought about marketing going back 20 years ago, and I was only doing these little dinky postcards once a month or whatever it was, my image was any, anyone who thinks about real estate, if it's in my sphere, I want them to think of me, mm -hmm. whether they're buying, selling, or talking to their friend at a dinner party. Mm -hmm. um, I think it means that that top of mind when any, you just said it, whether it's 500,000 or 20 million or 30 million or anywhere in between when someone's thinking about real estate that there's a lot of good brokers well there's a lot of brokers mm -hmm. there's there's good brokers too really yeah. good brokers in New York and I don't find it cutthroat yeah. um there's a few but not really um that I'm part of one two or three that they're thinking of yeah if not the only one that's ideal but if there's a group that I'm definitely part of it. So I would just, Johnny got relevancy. Mm -hmm. Like what does it mean to be a relevant broker in the city on the West side? I think relevancy just goes back to market knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I always talk about relevancy as it relates to neighborhoods. When people talk about, you know, what makes a neighborhood a certain way and whether or not they think the values in that neighborhood is going to be sustainable, I go back to relevancy. Well, it's located within walking distance of Third Street Promenade. That's mm -hmm. always going to be relevant and thus yeah. it's always going to create value in the neighborhood. So yes. again, relevancy to me is about having their finger on the pulse mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just providing immense amounts of value. Yeah. Thoughts on that? I would just add to me the the pursuit of of staying relevant is the pursuit of constantly striving to be better constantly feeding your mind constantly growing in your knowledge constantly working to improve customer experience like mm -hmm. once you once you lose that fire in your belly to keep growing and keep being better you start dropping in terms of your relevance because there's yeah. going to be 20 other people that are on your heels yes. it's a young man's game out there yes. i mean young men and women i mean there yes. it's like yeah. yeah you know the number of kids, I hate to say it like that, that are coming to us that how, like- John, how old are you now? I'm 42. <laughs> the number of kids. I'm just, okay, fine. Young adults, the number yes. of young adults that are coming John's to like, us- like, well, back in my day when <laughs> I started selling- <laughs> <laughs> the number I'm of young adults yes, that are coming you. to us, you know, like, hey, I just graduated yes. college last week. 
from and USC. Exactly. I was a part of the Hoobie Doobie Alpha Delta Delta Phi. Yep. They're like, I know everybody. Let's go. My parents just dropped four hundred thousand right. dollars on our, my college education. Right. I want to sell real estate. Yep. So and by the way, I've seen every million dollar listing show, right. and I'm going to kill it. Well, that's right. what changed it. That, for yes. Sure. It, it, yes. For sure. It, ne- it was always a second. Th- it's a very easy entry yep. uh, profession. Yep. That's why the bad reputation, because right. anyone yes. can get right. in. Yes. Uh, but, you know, over the years, I've met with more of my friends, families, kids, whatever it is. I'll talk to anyone if they're mm-hmm. interested. But um, that it was always a second and third uh, it's always been a f- choice, and now third, fourth, right, fifth career. It's a like first. Say, yes. yeah. Out of good schools, saying, this is what I want to do. Television has glamorized, sensationalized, yes. romanticized what we do, right? right? And they boil it because they only got a thirty-minute episode to work with, so deals are done. Over really the phone, fast. on speakerphone, yes. I'm authorized to go to X. Yes, we have a deal. $100,000 commission, like, yeah. you know, and it's obviously complete BS. But, um, but you're right. I think that that changed everything. Yeah. And, and there is way too, I mean, it's a whole different topic, but it's yeah. way too low of a bar for entry to yeah. be dealing with people's most prized, most valuable assets. And it's become an asset that is, I mean, our, we've seen the real estate market values have gone, not just, I mean, real estate investment and not just our markets, where two are the highest markets in the country, but you know, second and third tier markets, the prices are crazy. Boys, and Boise, Idaho, yeah. 40% appreciation two and years yes. back to back. Yeah. Jack's, everything with a lake, a mountain, a river, 100%. a golf course, yes. just wow, yeah. through yep. the roof. And in, in luxury, where years ago they did a study, mm-hmm. people would have second and third homes, super high end, the ultra wealthy have seven and eight homes. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, let me just give you a stack yeah. because it's, yeah, yeah. it's insane. Because it as we know, obviously, when COVID happened, everybody kind of wanted to get outside of the cities, right? They wanted to get a place where they have more space and the rich only got richer and so forth. The markets performed super well, yada, yada, yada. In Aspen, where we, the agency has an office, uh, on average, they were transacting, they were doing about two sales per year north of $20 million. In the last 12 months, 24 sales north of $20 million. That's insane. From two to 24, that's crazy. It is. Okay, so let's talk about like, Cultural and then just relevancy as it relates to the business. So in Aspen, Aspen just announced no more short-term rentals, only one-year leases. What do you think is going to happen to the Aspen market now? I mean, black a lot of those people, the third, <laughs> fourth, fifth. Black market. <laughs> but think about it, like third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh house. Yeah. And and they only use it, like in, like in Jackson or like Wilson proper, like you can rent out your place. It's totally fine. But you only rent it out one time a month, right? Like that's it. Right. So some of these places, they were like they were renting it out on a weekly basis, depending upon the CCNRs of the community, et cetera. Yeah. But like all of a sudden now that's gone. My honest opinion. Yeah. I don't think that'll have any impact whatsoever yeah. because the people that have the means and the ability to own those houses, they don't need that rental income. Yeah. And most yeah. of them don't want it. They're not yeah. renting it out. Yeah. It's just I mean, look, a lot of Beverly Hills and Bel Air sits vacant each night. Right? right. Those homes aren't occupied full time. They are second, third, fifth, sixth homes. Yeah. Aspen is such a luxury play. Few people yeah. live in Aspen. Yeah. No right? one's there during the shoulder seasons, right? Like right. I, I, I don't think it affects it at all. <laughs> yeah, I really don't. Okay, and I can tell they yeah. did that in the Hamptons. Yeah, where we're yeah. in East Hampton. It's there. Everybody catches up. It's not a problem.